0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, everybody wants the best for his or herself. Everyone wants this way to be easy. While at the same time, if we make any sacrifices, we want other people to notice them. Even if we are shy, we want those in our circles to notice the good things that we've done. We want those we love, and even those we just know, to hold us in a place of honor. This is true even among pastors. I once had the privilege to write for a publication, and I was very excited when I received the first copy of, of this uh, publication. Now, I should have been just uh, happy to st- or check and make sure all the words were written right. But the first thing I looked for in this publication was, guess what? Name. My name. That's exactly right. I ripped it open and went down to where all of the credits were. And guess what wasn't there? <laughs> My name wasn't there. Now, I should have been happy that the law and gospel was rightly divided, that Jesus was giving comfort to people in a time of need through this publication. But the first thing I thought about was what was missing, and that was my honor, my credit. I, was, I shouldn't have cared about that because I was really just retelling what Jesus did, right? But imagine if you wrote a publication for your research and someone else got the credit. You wouldn't just be happy that the discoveries that you made were out there so that people could benefit from them. Or that the ideas that you came across... Would help those in need. You might be happy that that happened. You would be happy that happened. But you would also want to be honored. You would want the credit. You see, my good deeds were in some way not just about those that were around me. They weren't just for others. I ultimately had a bit of selfishness mixed in with my good deeds. And I was dismayed when I didn't get honor. Now this is the first time I'm really admitting that. Because when my parents and other people that I shared it to, they were bringing up my honor. And I said, well, maybe they just don't do that. And that's fine. God's word is being spread But it really bothered me on the inside. I don't, and I was even more dismayed about this. How much this bothered me. I don't want to be a selfish person. But God's word shows me that even when I think I'm doing good, my sinful nature, it's right there with me making sure that I get all the credit. Now Jesus was at a gathering that was being held by one of the rulers of the Pharisees. And as he was at this gathering, he noticed something. He noticed how the guests there chose the places of honor for themselves. Everybody was getting the best position that was available when they got there. Each person wanted a place of honor so that they would have a chance of getting notice. It seems to me like they were doing some kind of networking. I don't know like what kind of jobs are available for Pharisees, but (laughs) but it seemed to me like they were trying to get the best ones. Now at college student as college students here at Purdue, you will be doing a lot of networking. If you haven't done so already, you will look for a way to stand out among your peers so that you can get the better job and opportunity and thereby get ahead in life. Now, this isn't all bad. The better job you get, the better you can support your family, the more you can give to your church and other charities. Um, Your alumni school, your alumni church, just kidding. Um, But even the good things that you want to do, your sinful nature will be right there along with you. You have to be careful that you don't do anything that would hurt or harm your neighbor in your pursuit to get ahead. Are we loving our neighbor as ourselves? Or are we loving ourselves at the expense of our neighbor? We have all sinned, even in this area. We need a Savior. Now, Jesus told these people at the gathering, he told them a parable. He said, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, Do not sit down at the place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you come along, and he who invited you both will come and say to you, actually, give your place to this person. And then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes to you, he can say, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now a parable is classically known as an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And if we imply this parable to heavenly terms, we really have to look at the last phrase that we see. It says, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, we might like to think that we humble ourselves But as we noted before, even our greatest efforts of humility are stained with sin. We really want somebody to notice how humble we are. (laughs) Even if we choose the lower position, we're secretly hoping that somebody moves us to a higher position, like the people that Jesus mentioned in the parable. But if we're honest, we deserve to be outside of heaven altogether. We don't deserve heaven at all. And there's only one who truly humbled himself only Jesus. Yet, speaking of our humility, Paul writes So, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in one accord, one mind. And when he writes, if there's any encouragement in Christ, he is really saying, remember the encouragement, the love, the affection, the sympathy that you received from Christ through the Holy Spirit. Let Christ's work for you make you of one mind together. He continues. And this is where it applies to us. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility. Count others as more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also for the interests of others. It is fine to look out for your own needs, you need to do this. But consider the needs of others as you do so, they are not an obstacle. You're not on some reality show where you're fighting against... This isn't Survivor. (laughs) We are all fallen people that Jesus came to save. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now, everything that Jesus has, He gives to you. His righteousness, His perfect obedience his love, his sacrifice, these were awarded to you on the day of your baptism. And moreover, he continually gives himself to you. Whenever you hear his word, whenever you receive his body and blood, he gives his body and blood for you. He holds nothing back. He gives you his mind. And what is this mind like? It says Jesus was in the form of God, yet he did not account equality with God as something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing. We're always trying to make the most out of ourselves. Jesus, recognizing who he was, became nothing taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You see, when Jesus was living and dying, he was living and dying for you. It was not for his own recognition. He didn't demand that everyone look at what he was doing. No, he was looking to our needs, counting us. We're way down here. He is infinitely higher. And yet he counted us as something above himself. The greatest of all has noticed you and I, the least of all. You know, if this were a race, we all would have been left in the dust before anybody even fired the starting gun. If this was a competition to see who could get the most in this life, Jesus would have won before anyone ever said go. He had everything before the world was even made. The Bible says that all things were made through him, all things were made for him, and yet he gave it all up for the sake of us who lost it all through our sin. It was our own selfishness that earned us hell. That's our wages. Yet Jesus' mercy, grace, and compassion, his humility, noticed us. And those same attributes moved him to rescue us from the hell of our own earning. Jesus, who is the greatest, became the least for us, who really are the least, and at the time of his sacrifice, you know what? Nobody even really cared. Some people thought, well, he's getting what he deserves being at the lowest place, the place of the cross. But the truth of the matter is, we deserved the cross that Jesus died upon. And while only a handful of people on earth knew or understood Jesus' humility they had absolutely zero power to promote him. There were a few women and one of his apostles who alone thought that Jesus should be promoted but all they could do was watch him in his lowest state but there was one who had the power to move Jesus to the highest seat. And he noticed what Jesus did. God the Father saw the one man who was willing to take the lowest position so that others could be promoted. God the Father saw his son rejected, hanging, On the tree. God the Father saw the life of the world die and placed in a tomb. God the Father saw and he acted. And after three days of lying in the place of death, the place that humbles all mankind, Jesus rose from the dead through the glory of the Father. In Philippians, speaking of Jesus' lowly estate, says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon Jesus the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. In heaven, on earth, under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus was the one who humbled himself, and he is the one who is exalted. In our gospel lesson today, we tend to be more like the Pharisees, and with the person with the disease of dropsy, we're way more like them than we are like Jesus. We are either like the Pharisees pretending that we deserve all good things, or we are like the person with dropsy that understood the state of his condition. The Bible shows us our diagnosis. We are sinners in need of a Savior. And today the Scriptures pointed out we're always puffing ourselves up and promoting ourselves before others as the Pharisees did. When in reality, we're sick and we have no reason for pride. Even if it seems like we have it all together and it appears as though we should hold a place of honor, the truth is, we don't deserve any good things. But the God of all mercies. He notices you. He comes to you this morning through the word of his Son. He who is most exalted stoops down before you to wash your feet. He who has no disease leading to death takes your sin away and reminds you that he died in your place. He who is the greatest takes on all the things that make us the least. And he who is the greatest gave himself up for you, that he might sanctify you, washing you with the water of rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit, water mixed with his word, so that he might present you to himself in splendor, without spot, or wrinkle, or any such thing, that you might be holy and without blemish. You, the Bible describes as the church, are a glorious sight to behold. It may not look like it today, but look at what is to come. We are so taken care of, my friends. Therefore, we no longer have to promote ourselves above others. Because of the mind that we have in Christ, we look not only to our own interests, but we also look to the interests of others. We no longer do things from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, we as the forgiven church count others as more significant than ourselves. Jesus, the greatest one, acts towards us the lowest ones in such a way that we can't help but love our neighbors as ourselves and now the peace that surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until that day when he returns for you. Amen.